my favorite, well, one of my favorite uh, podcasts ended. Aww. And I'm sad about it. Which one? The Magnus Archives. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah, it's, it broke my heart. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just, it was just such a good podcast. I, it was a podcast. Uh. Best podcast, I suggest you go listen to it if you like horror podcasts that are similar to Welcome to Night Vale, but like, not happy. But not happy? Yeah, it's just like just as weird and like out there, but um, less comedic. Um, just as <laughs> less, gay, though. Less Cecil be in. And the weather. <laughs> and, and like, um, you'll want to murder, absolutely fucking murder, the main character, but you love him. Oh, so conflicting feelings. So, yes. Yeah. He's just so dumb. He's just so dumb. Well, it's over now. Um, hopefully you'll find something just as entertaining. I have. Oh, good. I have. It's oh, called good. the Penumbra Podcast. Um, it's about multiple things, but the main part uh, is about a private eye that lives on Mars, and he's bisexual. Nice. And, uh, it's... It's a really cool podcast. Just as dumb. Nice. He's just as dumb, though. Um, love it. Welcome back. I am Rachel. And I'm Grace. Welcome, welcome. We are on episode 76, guys. Jeez. Wow. Um, so we have something very special today. Yes, it's a little, little, little different. Because um, we've both had kind of stressful weeks Ugh. and not a lot of time for research. Uh, plus, we've been wanting to do this for a while, but we're really haven't had the chance and we haven't had enough emails guys email us um <laughs> email us. <Do> it. <laughs> so instead we're going to be reading a couple of emails from a very important listener to us we have been emailing her since november her name is wendy she is incredibly kind and funny and she has just been mm-hmm. so helpful in our and in, in honestly, in helping us research, she's taught us so much. So even though we don't, guys, get many emails, please email us with stories. We just, we couldn't not tell her stories because they're just, they're so interesting and we've got so many theories. A lot. So we're going to be taking turns reading each one and we'll discuss them as we go, probably. Um, we'll be leaving, uh, leaving out the first email since it wasn't really story related, but she told us in that email that we're the first podcast she ever listened to, which is honestly like a little dumb point of pride, like, uh, for me. So here we go. <laughs> here, here we go. Here we go. All right. So our first email, Wendy greets us. Hey, Grace. Hi, Rachel. I sent your first email. I'm both thrilled and shocked. 
Where are the people? They're missing out in a big way. Dumbasses with the laughy, smiley emoji. Thank you for that, Wendy. Her words, not ours. Yes, her, her words, words not, ours. not ours. Story time. It's long, but covers 27 years to date. So, my husband and I had our daughter, Samantha, in 92, and our son, Joseph, in 95. Also, since I was two, I've been epileptic, having seizures only in my sleep, which... Knowing people who have epilepsy, I'm so sorry for that, Wendy. I'm glad you've gotten through it. I absolutely suck at sleeping. Waking at different times throughout the night, often nauseous from rocking all over the bed. But such is life. I'll live. And thankfully, the doc said epilepsy is not hereditary, so my kids would be safe. When my daughter was three, she started waking up and talking a lot in the middle of the night. We'd go in and she'd become angry and difficult. She'd jump up and down on her bed and cry. She couldn't be calmed and didn't want me to comfort her. As time went on, she got more and more angry during these nighttime events. In addition to the above, she started throwing herself around, bouncing off of walls and such. Terrifying. This is my baby girl, and to watch this and not be able to do anything for her was the most heartbreaking feeling. We took her to a pediatrician, and the doctor told us it was night terrors, and there was no way to know what brought it on or when it would go away. She told us, Samantha is asleep when it happens, sleep screaming and crying, who knew, and won't remember. Just keep her safe until she settles and lies down again. It was just awful and went on for several heartbreaking months. We were so relieved when it finally stopped, but right after that, she started talking about coal. An imaginary friend? And this was when me and Grace were like, hmm, imaginary hmm. friend, you say. <laughs> hmm. uh, spelled K-O-H-L, by the way. L. Such a wonderful way. She talked about him, but not an imaginary friend way. I asked once where Cole was. Didn't want to sit on him, which is a concern with most imaginary friends. And Sam said, with all the attitude only a three-year-old can summon, I don't know. I can't see him. <laughs> she was only three. And at three, she couldn't explain she was dreaming. And that's what Cole was. A dream buddy. One day, Sam woke up with green marker on her feet. I'm sure most kids draw on their skin in some variety. It washed off, so no big deal. Regardless, when it happened again, I told her to knock it off. She told me it was Cole. Sure it was. She was four. She could draw on her own feet. They were just scribbles. Cole? Please. As she aged, Sam could finally explain she only remembers dreaming of Cole. He has not presented himself to her in the way a ghost might, but she dreamed of him here and there, and these dreams were important to her. His presence meant a great deal, but I didn't push her to explain it all, and even now she can't in any case. So the green marker continued. I'd see it on her feet and find scribbles in her room, on a wall, the floor, sometimes a piece of clothing. We even found coal written in green marker under our carpet. I thought for some reason it would be coal for some for some reason. C-O-L-E is what she said, guys. Coal. C-O-L-E, not K-O-H-L. What I could never find was the right shade of green marker. And what little girl at four would know how to spell coal? 
I don't know what all of this means, but I do know that if she were being dishonest, she told the same lie, used the same green marker from age three until present day, and she is 28 now. We could go more than a year with no mention, then out of the bowl, out of the bowl, out of the blue, out of the bowl, Cole appears. Mm -hmm. Then out of the blue, Cole is back with his green marker. She couldn't possibly remember to toss out the exact same details every time. No matter where we lived or what we did, Cole kept popping up. One night I woke up about 2.30 or so. Pretty normal for me, as I mentioned. I was contemplating getting up for a while, so I shuffled up into a sitting position. And once I got comfy, I looked up and there was a boy standing beside my bed. He looked to be about 16. I was so shocked and so scared that I couldn't talk or move. But I'm absolutely 100% positive I was fully awake. I immediately knew that it was not my son because this boy was stocky and short. My son Joseph is tall and lanky. This boy wore baggy jeans, a hoodie with a hood up, and a bomber style jacket. Bulky, but not like Joseph at all. I could see him clearly by the moonlight coming in the window, but I couldn't see his face. He had on that hood and his head tilted downward. I couldn't look away and I couldn't talk. I've never been so completely stuck in my life. Then he put his hand out, palm up, like he was offering me something or waiting for me to put something in his hand. And then he was gone. I never felt anything negative or unsettling. I was just so shocked it happened so fast. All I could do was slide back down to bed and go to sleep, eventually. The next morning I met the kids in the kitchen and told them what happened. When I explained how the kid looked, Samantha said, oh, you met Cole. He's been around a lot lately. She was so excited for me as she had never seen him outside of her dreams. Samantha was 16. It was right after that Samantha started to miss time. She couldn't remember walking home from school one day. Just found herself there. She couldn't remember going to her dad's house. Was just there. Things like that. We discovered that she was having seizures. Myoclonic. So much for not hereditary. Mm. Samantha's epilepsy developed from myoclonic to grand mal seizures the following year. It started at 16 when I saw a 16-year-old Cole in my bedroom. The night before Sam turned 18, she had her first grand mal. She's been epileptic now for more than 10 years. There's no warning. She just falls and seizes. This is so much worse than the night terrors ever were. It was devastating to watch my baby, even my grown baby, go through this time and again. Cole is still with her. He has aged along with her from three to present. We don't really know who or what Cole is. Samantha is sure he has lived because she has dreamt of his death several times. But she doesn't see or hear him when she's awake. She dreams of him and thanks him for saying hello. By live, leaving little green lions on her feet. Sorry, I had to process where that was going. Yeah. yeah. We don't know why he came to see me that night either, but Samantha has zero doubt that it was Cole. Is it possible that he was trying to warn me about a major change in Sam's health? And maybe I was too stuck to absorb more details than I did? We don't know, but Cole is never far away from Sam, it seems. In fact, Cole was with her when she first realized she was and is being haunted. But that's a story for the next email, as this one is really long. Sorry about that. Until next time, keep up the amazing work, Wendy. So, I'm, yeah, Cole. Uh, so I had a theory about this mm -hmm. that um, 
I mean, we talked about it, um, whether or not we thought, like, maybe it was, um, whether he was a guardian angel Mm -hmm. or, um, but if he's not a guardian angel, I had a thought, what if he's, like, a soulmate from a previous life? That's a good theory. That also would explain the aging, because typically when it comes to spirits and guardian angels, they don't age with you. Right. And then there's the fact that she said that she's seen his death. Yeah. So that's got to be something, right? Yeah. And also, just because it's it could be a soulmate doesn't necessarily mean it's like a lover, per se. It could be like right, of course. brother soulmate or best friend soulmate or, heck, sometimes your parents could be your soulmate. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, or like, what if he's like... A part of her soul from a past life. Ooh, are we going to like Horcrux theories? Like she's Cole is part of her. She's part of Cole. Sure. I mean, sorry. I'm just at like this point. It could literally be anything. It really could. That's just because if it's if he's normally in her dreams, mm-hmm. how does she get the marker on her feet? Does he go into her body and then mm-hmm. do it himself? Does he? I don't know. But then also, is it at that point, could it be, like, manifestation of of some point? True. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of theories, and without having, like, actual, an actual investigation during all this time that this is happening. But it's also very interesting that he showed himself to Wendy at a very critical point in her daughter's life. Right, but doesn't show himself to to her daughter. Yeah, yeah, which is just really, really odd. So it also makes me think maybe going back to the guardian angel, despite the fact that I don't really like that theory, um, that maybe he's watching over the family as a whole and he's just like attached to Sam. That's possible. And then I have some other theories from like for like the next okay, couple. Okay, let's go to the next one. It continues. Yes. There's even more about Cole. So, um, oh. email number two. Number two. Hi again, Grace and Rachel. Regarding Cole's death and the purposes behind the marker, I thought it best to go to the source. I've asked Sam and will respond better when she fills me in. I don't want to say anything that's not factual from her point of view. I do know, though, that Sam feels the marker comes at times of great stress or concern in her life. She feels strongly that it's a message to let her know that he's there with her and for her. It gives her great comfort. It calms me, she said. Oh. Yes. Until I can find out more information, we can move on to a new story. Samantha and her boyfriend, now husband, were living in an apartment with their daughter and a friend of theirs. Sam's daughter was about three at the time. This friend, John, had another friend, Tim. So John and Tim went to a field to throw a football around. They were all around 18 or 19 at the time. Tim was an athletic guy. He worked at a sporting goods store and played baseball for the university in our area. While they were throwing the ball around, Tim had some kind of weird episode. He fell to the ground and stopped breathing. John called 911 and Tim was rushed to the hospital. He died soon after. Turns out, he had some kind of heart defect he and his family were unaware of. A 19-year-old boy, who's healthy as can be by all outward appearances, dies tossing a ball around, heartbreaking. Samantha started to dream about him almost immediately after he passed. In the first dream, he was talking to her and saying he was okay and not to worry about him. 
The following day, her email was flooded with promo emails from the store Tim worked at, but she had never shopped there. Her only connection to that company was Tim. She dreamt of him again the night before the funeral, and he expressed concern for his mother and his brother. Sam went to the funeral with her boyfriend and John, and felt compelled to specifically keep an eye on Tim's family. They were devastated, as expected. It was very hard for all of them. Although Tim told her he was fine, she felt it was terribly inappropriate to tell them so. Mm -hmm. Following the funeral, she dreamt of him again, but this time he was pulling on her arms as though he wanted to take her somewhere. This was very unsettling to her because it physically felt odd, like she was separating from herself somehow. She pulled free and told Tim she was glad to stay and talk, but that she couldn't go anywhere with him, so he had to stop pulling on her arms. Also present in this dream was an older woman, the grandma type. She was pestersome during Sam and Tim's conversation, and they did their best to ignore her. In fact, Tim specifically instructed Sam to ignore her, although Sam found that really hard to do. The woman was aggressive in her need to make Sam listen. She was telling Sam that her granddaughter, and she shouldn't because grandma was fine. The woman went on and on. Here's the bizarre part. When Sam woke up and was thinking about the dream, she realized the woman was still talking to her. Mm -hmm. Sam could still hear her, and it went on all day. I was leaving across the country at the time, and about 2 p.m. Sam's time, she called me in tears. She told me the whole story, just as I've told you. She said the woman had been following her around all day, yapping in her ear about her granddaughter Alicia and the guilt she was experiencing. Sam had been hired to clean her aunt's home and had her little girl with her. It didn't seem to matter what she was doing, this woman would not leave her alone, and Sam was finding it increasingly difficult to focus on the tasks at hand and on her child. Sam tried everything she could think of, but the communication seemed to only go one way, as Sam couldn't shut the woman up. She was trying to get the damn place cleaned up and care for her child, all with some invisible mystery woman yells at her. As a mom, I was yet again at a loss. I had no experience with this beyond what I'd seen on TV, so I suggested she try to find out who this Alicia person is and give her her grandma's message. Sam was at a loss too. She didn't know anyone named Alicia and had no idea where to begin. More so, she couldn't ask the crazy talkative woman because she had no idea how to get through to her. This went on for days and Sam was extremely frustrated. Then, Sam and her boyfriend noticed someone new moving into the building. Samantha was so tired, which can cause seizures to happen, that she'd have tried anything, so she walked up to the young woman's door and knocked. When the woman answered, Sam asked her if her name was Alicia. It was. So Sam said something like, I think I have a message for you from your grandma. The young woman looked at Sam like she had six heads and said, my grandma is dead. Samantha said, I assumed, but I've been hearing her talk about the guilt you've been experiencing. Your grandma wants you to know you don't need to feel guilty. She's fine and you don't need to worry. Alicia told Sam that she wasn't able to make the trip to her grandma's place for the funeral and has had a great deal of guilt over that. The woman finally let Sam be. Blessed silence. She was so relieved. A few days later, Sam was in her car. She backed out of her parking stall and proceeded to pull forward. She stopped to allow a man she didn't know to cross her path into his own vehicle, and when she did so, a voice from the back seat said, That's my son. That's my son. There was no one there that Sam could see. Since then, Sam continues to hear ghosts talking to her. 
She does not know how to talk back, which seriously limits her ability to deal with the voices. She simply acknowledges them and moves on. So far, none have been as demanding as the first. Until next time, there's so many more stories. Thrilled to share them with you both. Hugs, Wendy. So, Sam is giving off very much Ghost Whisperer vibes. Yes. So yes. many very Ghost Whisperer much. vibes. Um, that's really interesting. I... I just think it's really interesting how Alicia's grandmother's ghost knew that Alicia was going to move into her building, like, cosmically somehow. I wonder if, like, Alicia had, like, visited the building and was, like, signing paperwork and stuff, and her grandmother just so happened to be, like, attached to her. Attached to her, so she, like, like, attached to the closest person that could So she attached to the closest person that has... Yeah, that has like an inability, an an inability, an inability, an inability. Yes, the inability, the inability. Um. Yes. Yes. I think you're probably right, but there's more. So there's more. I think it is your turn. It is my turn. All right. So. Email number three. We asked if there was anything else like this that had happened to her, so she sent us this third email. She says, Hello, ladies. It has not happened since, but lots of other stuff has. Samantha was walking into Walmart one day when a little boy was running toward her. Knowing he would collide with her, Samantha bent down to catch him, and he went right through her. She was astonished, but no one else seemed to notice. One morning, babe number one, aka grandchild number one, who was about seven, came in the front door and walked down the hall to her room. Sam was expecting the babe and her dad back from the store, so other than glancing over and saying hi, she kept making breakfast. A moment later, the babe and her dad walked in the front door. Sam had no idea who the girl was that looked just like her daughter that had walked by and disappeared. The grandmother on the husband's side has made many appearances over the years. Samantha instinctively knew when she was around and strange things would happen like lights flashing. Missing shoes showing up, sitting perfectly in front of the door, taps turning on and off, and every once in a while she'd find green markers and know they were coals. Samantha and her family moved to another province when she was pregnant with babe number two. The activity continued there, and while Cole was around, it wasn't often. She'd find green markers here and there and dreamt about him from time to time. The relationship with her husband was a negative one, and she felt very beat down. She gained 40 pounds on a tiny 5-foot frame. That is a lot. She was uncomfortable but couldn't drum up the energy to care. That is so horrible. Yeah. She was withdrawn and lonely, isolated from her family in another province. That is... She begged to move back as there was nothing there for them except her husband's parents. When she'd finally had enough, she packed up her kids and returned home without him. Back to her hometown and to us, the family that missed her so. She's not had any ghostly experiences in the nearly year that she's been back. She lost 40 pounds, started dating, good for you, Sam, spent more quality time with the kids, and went to work. She is feeling like a million bucks. She's surrounded by her loving family and friends, no longer struggling. But two major changes have come about of late. 
Cole is very present. Samantha has seen him several times. This is the first time outside of her dreams for her. And we've had some very excited conversations. She is profoundly comforted by his presence, and she has found green markers in the oddest places. She says, thank you, Cole, as she has all of her life. That is super cute. She met someone she is crazy about. He stayed over one night about a week ago. They had a fantastic evening, so when he texted the next day from work to tell her that they needed to talk, she couldn't imagine what was wrong. Then he said something freaked him out at night before, and he was embarrassed to talk about it. Samantha had an aha moment and asked, did you see or feel a presence in the kitchen or living room? No, he said, in the upstairs bathroom. It scared the hell out of me. That's why I ran from the bathroom to your bed and jumped in. Me too, my dude. <laughs> Samantha said, that's Cole. Guess there's more stuff I need to tell you. And that is the whole story of my daughter from baby to mama with Cole never s too far away. Many episodes of this and that were not mentioned. An old man ghost on her sofa, the black-haired lady and little girl who lived in the place. In their place, and whom her daughter saw and drew, and many others. Samantha drew these things to herself, or perhaps Cole does. I know a negative environment can feed these events, so that certainly could have played a part. Either way, it makes for an interesting life for her. We talk now and then about developing her gift as she has no control at all over what she experiences, but she's busy being a mama, and with Cole close by, she's content to leave things as they are. I'm looking forward to any thoughts or theories you two might have on Cole and Samantha, and what this relationship could be. What Cole could be. It seems so normal now with all the years he's been around, but it really is a strange phenomena, and since we have no way of getting real answers, Samantha isn't particularly concerned about knowing the details as long as Cole stays with her. Theories and thoughts are interesting and keep us engaged. I still hope to convince her to study the use of her gift one day. These conversations lend to that, I think. I'm sorry, we don't know what the point of the green markers are. <laughs> I've, I've heard of money and other things, but never this. It's not been on her skin in many years. The last time it was on a wall or floor was probably three years or so, during her time in British Columbia where he seemed a bit more distant but she doesn't know why green or why markers. It's just always been so. My only real thought on that was perhaps he left many signs and the green marker is the one she picked up on as a child. And so it is what he uses to say hello or to make his presence known. Then I have to wonder why he waited until she was 28 to reveal himself so she could see him. As a child, I understand not wanting to scare her, but what about 20, 22, 26? Is it related to the unhappy life she was living? But I think it's interesting and worth noting that at one of the happiest times in her life, this new man has her dancing on clouds. He's dancing on them too. Oh my god. They're made for one another. Hmm. Cole appears to her. Just kind of standing around on the main floor watching her and the kids. I'm glad he has, but I don't necessarily understand it. Is it prophetic? We just don't know. Thoughts, theories, ideas. Ooh, how about suggestions? LOL. Adore you both as always and hope everyone in your circles are happy and healthy and managing throughout the pandemic. Can't wait to catch up again. Big squeezy hugs from Alberta, Wendy. Okay, so this, I forgot about this story. Yes, multiple things I about forgot. this one. First, 
um, the fact that when she was a child, um, Wendy could never find any markers, any green markers around the Mm -hmm. house, or if she did, they were never the right shade. Um, and now as an adult, they're finding finding markers markers all over the place. Yeah. Right. I think that's really interesting. But I also like the theory that, that Wendy mentioned that Sam is now seeing Cole in her happiest of moments, which really yes. gives credibility to the fact that she was seeing Cole in her dreams as a child. Because when you're a child, you're pretty much almost always at, not always, but you're pretty much happy. You're, most kids you're are young, happy. you're naive. Most, most. And then yes, your most. dreams are those those times where you, you know, you just get to dream up whatever you want. And I don't. That's so and you're open because children are just open doors and books and they're just, ugh. I don't, I can't, I don't know, I know what then, to think about Cole I know, now. and then the fact that he finally showed himself to her, how, like he, and not just in a dream, I don't know. Like, maybe a spirit guide? He could be maybe. a spirit guide instead of guardian angel? Because at that point, a spirit guide, he's guiding her towards her happiest moments in life, which is why when he wasn't really present in her life, it was when she was doing really bad. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like in that case, wouldn't he show up? Or I guess maybe he's there to show up when, like, she knows she's on the right path like that. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But also, the... the <laughs> There's this thing about negative energy being so negative that it can just block out anything good. Like, if Cole is just this great big shining bright beacon of white light, the negative energy her ex-husband had could have just completely blocked. And I guess that's true. And she does, uh, Wendy did say that he brings her a lot of comfort. Yeah. So. So that that negative energy from her ex-husband obviously would have worked to not allow that comfort blanket to come in to her life that's so interesting i really wonder i don't know i kind of want to take this up the ladder to like i don't know a psychic or something or see what they say ask a psychic (laughs) feel like hey uh, i know i know a person ask a psychic a psychic i know a person who knows a person I know Who knows a many people? Knows a person that this happened to. <laughs> I would like your opinion on the matter. Um, also, be our friend. <laughs> but also, I like your uh, your theory about um, being a spirit guide, and I feel like that would kind of go along with them aging. Because I feel like most of the time, not always, not always, people tend to relate to people who are similar age as them. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. could be a reason for him aging along with her. But then. The part of his death, that she's seen his death, I don't know. Or maybe he was, and, like, that's his job now. Like, he was human, but now that's his job, now that he's died. Let's take a page from the Charmed uh, series from, like, way back when we were growing up. And Leo. Leo died in the war. And then oh, so he was the guide yes. for the girls. Yeah, okay, okay. And what were those called? White Lighters. Are those actually in I don't think so. But I think the whole thing of um, white lighters was that they are basically guardian angels. But I think that also yes. has to do with, like, what we typically oh. believe them to be. Hold on. I found something. Okay. According to Urban Dictionary, a white lighter is a guardian angel for witches and future white lighters. 
They used to be special mortals who did great and brave things during their life. Oh shit, I it think somebody just took that from Charmed. But the thing about white lighters is that they don't age with you. They That's true. Specifically do not age. That's true. It's a type of white lighter. So we're our best guess is some type of spirit guide slash guardian angel. So Mm -hmm. if anybody else has any theories, please let us know what you think. Okay, um, email number four. Hello again, Grace and Rachel. Great job in Robert Picton. My fiance knew him vaguely. He's a biker, mild man, and a buddy of his, also a biker, rented the closest house to that trash scum's property. They partied together on occasion. I just thought that was interesting in the grossest way possible. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Oh but God. also, I absolutely love the fact that you called your fiance my old man. That is super cute. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, I love that. (laughs) Which is actually something I haven't heard in a while. I feel Mm -mm. like I used to hear that all the time when I was younger. People would, like, call their significant other my old man or my old woman. I hear it at work all the time. Baba Yaga and Shadow People, what a great episode. Fantastic job. I really had not heard of either, but now that I have, maybe you can tell me what I think about my other story. This one is mine, and I don't know if there's a connection between the events. Maybe you'll have a thought on that. I used to live in a massive house in Alberta. We had 2,500 square feet on the main floor and another 2,500 developed basement. Jesus. It was quite the house. Me and a man I spent four years with lived on the main floor, and my 16-year-old son had the basement. He used it all except the laundry room. He didn't like the vibe in there. Samantha didn't either. It did have a creepy feel, but I have no idea why. But the really uncomfortable space was upstairs. There were three bedrooms, all on the same side of the house. First was a regular bedroom, and I rarely used it for anything. The second and third bedrooms were regular rooms until an addition was added that made both of these rooms doubles. The third was our bedroom. The upper level had dressers, a dressing table, ensuite, and walk-in closet. Damn. There were French doors and then the lower room, which had my bed and tables and a large wardrobe-type cabinet. The guy I lived So what with... I'm hearing is it's the type damn. of house that we need to have for us and our friends and yeah. Yeah. The guy I lived with, we'll call him Twit, (laughs) had a ton of junk that he liked to claim were antiques. A lighter collection, a bunch of silly joke items, and nonsense like that. He kept them all in his wardrobe. Then he bought a motion sensor camera that would take pics if someone opened it. Absurd. No one wanted to touch his junk, but whatever. One night the camera went off around 3am, taking pics of a bunch of orbs. The room was in darkness because we were sleeping. You can tell in the pictures that the doors are completely closed. Yet stuff is moving around inside the wardrobe. I'll find them and send them to you. All these orbs are floating around, so it takes a bunch of pictures, but it never happened again. It was a one-off. Like I said, it was a very large house, and I'm a scaredy cat, but for the most part, I was never uncomfortable in it. However, the other double bedroom had a weird vibe too, and I didn't care for that room much. But it wasn't scary, just off. Twit and I split up, but he was still in the house for a couple of weeks while he found a new place. He stayed in that room. During that time, I was vacuuming in the hallway outside my room, and I saw a very tall, very thin, all-black figure walk out of that room and into the living room. My first thought was, it's just Twit, who's 6'3 and very thin, but then too quickly after that, Twit walked in the front door and at the furthest end of the living room. 
I walked in there just to see, but there was no figure hanging around. It happened so fast and I was able to see immediately that I'd seen it, so it didn't impact me the way Cole had a few years before. It was more weird than anything, but Twit told me he had seen the same thing several times and was deeply uncomfortable in that room. Twit moved out, and a couple of months later, my son and I moved out without incident. When I was leaving, on my sister's advice, I said out loud, Whoever you are, you are not allowed to come with me. You must stay here. Or something to that effect. A few months Ooh, later, it was- good job. Good, good call, yeah. Wendy. Great call. <laughs> a few months later, I was picking up my son's girlfriend from the airport. We were driving back to our new place in Calgary. I was driving down the dark highway in a very dark, very fast blur flew past the front of my car. I'd seen it coming from my left in the grassy area separating the opposing lanes, but it was crossing my path so fast I didn't even have time to react before it was gone. I said to my son's girlfriend, what the hell was that? She hadn't seen it. She was just <laughs> looking out the passenger window. I saw another one downtown standing like any other person, but it was a black shadow in the shape of a very tall, very thin man. It stood perfectly still, and when I glanced at the people to either side of it, who were outwardly unaware, it disappeared. Just gone. I haven't seen it since. It's been a few years now. The thing that flew past my car was going so fast I couldn't tell if it had a shape or a form. I have no idea what it is, why I saw it three times in less than a year, or if it even was the same thing all three times. Thoughts? I hope you're both safe and healthy and that your families are too. Looking forward to catching up on the last few tomorrow. Give a snuggle to the kitty who's ever chatting in the background. Little heart, smiley face. Wendy. P.S. I'll track down those pics of the orbs tomorrow. Good night, all. So, Wendy didn't was not uh, able to get these pics to us, but that is okay, because that's creepy. Um, also, one, to be fair, the past couple of months have been, like, hella been hectic a for everyone. Yes. So... Yeah. Um, so I did want to say one thing. She mentioned Cole in this one, and I remember from the first one um, when he showed up to her when she was uh, in bed. Mm -hmm. And my first thought when I had read that original email about Cole was that she had sleep paralysis of some sort. But then mm -hmm. I remembered she sat up. She was sitting up. Saw yeah, him. yeah. So yeah. I so it's it's just it's just a little earlier. bit different. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's um as. I mean, as for the shadow thing, she's saying they could quite literally be shadow people. Like, they come in all different, like, shapes and forms. There's tall ones, there's really short ones, there's <laughs> thin ones, there's some that take up an entire room. I do think it's really interesting that, because at first I was thinking maybe it's like a, a warning that your relationship with Twit wasn't going to work out or something like that. <laughs> but, and she also yeah. saw it with her... Uh, son's girlfriend and out in that crowd I don't know yeah and it's it's also I've when I was doing the research on the shadow people there were some people who say like certain shadow figures can attach themselves to you so hmm. if I don't know you might Wendy you might want to um do a cleansing of some sort well, she said she it was three times in less than a year, and it has. She, I guess she hasn't seen him since. Okay. Although, like, it's so interesting that she saw a shadow person in broad daylight in the middle of a crowd. Yeah. And no one else noticed it. Yeah, that that is what really has me thinking. Okay, it probably is a shadow person, and like, not all shadow 
people are bad per se. Just they just kind of hover, but it, it, just one of those things to be safe. Yeah, it's, I think it's so interesting all of the things that her and her family have experienced and like separately and all together mm-hmm. and how for most of those things there were other people there to like corroborate it all mm-hmm. yeah I mean that's definitely very interesting and very unusual because mm-hmm. usually when you've got people who get experiences there's there's no backup there's no one you know standing beside them being like yeah that that shit happened like, yeah, it's al- almost always like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I am interested in uh, the orbs, too. I I don't know. I'm definitely interested in the orbs. Um, unfortunately, though, a lot of paranormal experts don't put a whole lot of credibility into orbs because they could be bugs, it could be dust. Literally True, just, but like, like emotion... L- sensor light that is the most interesting thing and the things moving in the cabinet yeah and like how sensitive would that have to be Mm -hmm. for it to pick up bugs not that sensitive i don't know i feel like if it's dark i don't think it would pick up bugs i mean it depends on what kind of like camera if he's got like a really good camera and he didn't do like me and get a cheap uh yeah Yeah, you never know yeah that's interesting (laughs) If they didn't do like me and get the cheapest camera they could find that doesn't pick up anything. <laughs> True. Um, I don't know. I just, there's so uh, much. There's so much in all of that, and I I wish I could just be like, oh, it's definitely this or definitely that. But I like I know I know there's just so much. I have a feeling like it's it's. I know Sam has experienced most of it, like with Cole and the hearing things, but part of me feels like Wendy also has this same ability. I was just going to say that. That it's, honestly, it's hereditary in certain families. Abilities like this is heredity, heredity, hereditary. It's, it's, it can't be passed down from generation to generation, and sometimes it can skip generations. And sometimes it's not even the same type of gift. Right. Because, obviously, she's not having people talk to her randomly in the day. Mm-hmm. But, but she's seeing things, and Sam yeah. really doesn't see anything. Hmm. Except occasionally Cole. Although she did see um, that little boy in the grocery That's store. And that is true. There's the old man on their couch and the woman and the little girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. She has graduated to seeing things. Although I don't know if that was specifically her or if it was family. Sure. I want, no, I, I, I wonder if she's been working with her abilities. Because sometimes you can work with your abilities, like, subconsciously. Like, you don't even know you're doing it. And it's somehow mm-hmm. allowing her to actually see the things Go that are happening. to in-person, from... starting out, like, auditory and then, like, visually. Yeah. Thank you for wording, because I can't do English. <laughs> <laughs> I... You knew what I was trying yes. to say. I don't have any better theories for you, Wendy, but... I, d- I don't. The... I'm just... I just keep thinking in my head. I keep thinking of that TV series, um, Psychic Kids with Chip Coffee, <laughs> and he would come in... And he'd be like, oh, yeah, you have psychic abilities. It comes down from generation after generation. Your parents, by the way, over here has psychic abilities also. They just never really honed in on it. I'd be very curious if, like, the family could get together with a actu- an actual psychic, not, like, 
I think uh, Rachel's pitching that the TV you. series, Wendy. I am. I am. Reach out to Chip Coffee. He's a great man. Um, He's probably yeah. fake. <laughs> <laughs> and probably fake. I mean, we don't know. We can't. Wendy, thank you so much for all of your emails. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> You, uh, it's a lot, but honestly, you are the reason that we keep doing this. Speaking of kitties chatting in the background, yeah. there's our mascot, Crystal, the 16-year-old geriatric toy cat. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all, all so right. much. And thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Um, for giving us literally an entire episode. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate it also oh my god that's so much i know i feel like after this i'm gonna have more comments that i'm not gonna be able to think of because that's the way it was after i read them um right (laughs) (laughs) okay thank you all for listening we super appreciate it if you enjoyed it you better have you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Myths and Misfortunes. Or Twitter at Myths Misfortune, uh, or you can search for us using the full name Myths and Misfortunes. We'll pop up. You can also send us an email to MythsandMisfortunes at gmail.com like Wendy did. Thank you so much, Wendy, again. Thank you, Wendy. And, <laughs> yes, thank you. And please check out our website, MythsandMisfortunes.com. Our theme music was composed by McKean Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Marie Atkins. Their websites can be found in the description below. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please. Please, please. On iTunes. Okay, goodbye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.